Howdy everybody out there, this is Big Beefin. This is JP and I am one third of that Big Beefin show. This is Aaron Rollins. What you doing boy? <laughs> you stop listening halfway through. I know you're podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Yogi Bear reference, but that's not the fucking point, man. So That's bullshit. That's not what I meant, damn it. Fuck, you never mind. Never fucking mind, John. You don't want to fucking walk your fat ass and don't walk. There you go. See? That is. Let's do it. What are you doing? Trying to turn. I'm driving. Oh, well, you could have waited until you got back to the damn house. No. So where were you eating at? <laughs> Olive Garden. By yourself? Yeah, yeah, they got a bar there. Who the fuck else am I gonna go with? I thought maybe you were with Jamie or I don't know, a new a new lady friend. I ain't got no new lady friend. You keep bringing that up. <laughs> That's what you're doing all your spare time. Uh, drinking and watching TV. So you went to the Olive Garden to drink. Drink and eat. What'd you eat? Drinking, um, the five cheese ziti. So, what's the difference between? Hey, what's the difference between like drinking at home and going to fucking Olive Garden and drinking? Cheaper at home. <laughs> There's food there. That you can get food at home too. <laughs> food that I didn't have to make. <laughs> Ain't that hard? To make a Totino's pizza. I don't want to make a Totino's pizza. I want goddamn ziti. You could probably there's probably frozen ziti too. I don't want that. Well, you don't feel weird going to the damn restaurant by yourself. Why would I feel weird about that? Friday night. It's a little bit late. Yeah, go ahead. Regulate, dumb fuck. <laughs> You're the one that's stupid. It's not even Friday. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I wasn't paying attention, damn it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, um, what's this new house that you got? Hang on, I gotta make a turn. Um, so it's it's not a it's not fancy, it's it's nothing you know it's not big, but it does have three rooms. It's got two bathrooms, and a backyard. Uh, and the landlord is open to the idea of me putting in a. a what you call it? A um, oh damn it! They're not letting me over. Uh, oh, they're into they're allowed gonna allow me to put in a fence in the backyard because uh, the backyard it's it's not very big but it's it's big enough for a fence. So that's nice. What do you want a fence for? Uh, in case I get a dog. Why do you want a dog? Why do you want a dog? Why'd you I get three dogs? I don't want a fucking dog. I don't ever have a dog again. You, you had three of them. Yeah, and I didn't want them. Why'd y'all get Ruby? Well, because Sarah's parents' dog died, and she wanted them to have a companion. That dog doesn't do anything with them. Yeah, it's with them all the time. <laughs> I don't ever... Every time I'm over there, that dog is down there with y'all. No. Last time you came over... um, the only time you'd have seen that dog is if Dom was bringing her outside. 
I don't remember that. I remember her being downstairs and licking the kids and, and trying to go outside to, to pee and, and putting her paws on the glass. Well, that's what you choose to remember, damn it. That ain't fucking how it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, how the turntables. Uh, the tables ain't turned. I never wanted a fucking dog to begin with, and I don't I don't want any more. Remember selective memory bullshit. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, you know, the thing with dogs, man, they're just they're expensive. They no, they're not. shit. It's a pain in the ass. They're a pain in your ass because you you don't want to actively raise them. You just want them to be there. <laughs> you got to train them. You've got to give them distractions. I mean, they're. They're, they have the the intelligence of two year olds. They they need yeah. distraction. They need engagement. I'd rather just not do that. <laughs> why, why are you going to spend money on something that's going to be work? What's the point? The dog's just going to fucking die in ten years, and then you're going to be sad about it. What's the point? Yeah, but you make a lot of good memories along the way, and you have some, it offers you some some entertainment when they're doing shit like chasing chasing their tail or getting uh, smacked by a porcupine or. You know? I can watch it. I can watch a video of a dog chasing his fucking tail. Why do I got to see it happen in front of me? That's not the same. And why would you waste your time watching those dumbass videos? I don't. That's and I don't want to see it in person either. <laughs> you, there's just not a whole lot you want to do, is there? Well, I definitely don't want to watch some fucking dog get bitten by a porcupine. <laughs> oh, man. Dogs are man's best friend. Yeah. Right? Dog hundreds of years. I don't live out on the range. I'm not fucking trying to shepherd sheep and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Hannah, they wouldn't fucking listen to you anyway. <laughs> well, that's why I ain't fucking doing it. That's not why you're doing it. <laughs> That's not why you're not doing it. You don't want to do it because you don't want to put in the work. (laughs) I don't want to put in the work. That's exactly it. (laughs) For our listeners, today's podcast is brought to you by Yingling. Yingling beer. It's the only brewery in America. Stop it. (laughs) Fucking sell out. Some good shit, boy. They got it like it's all over the place now. I don't like Yingling. I haven't had it on draft yet, so I don't know how, how it is. You said you don't like it? I don't like it. What kind of beer do you like? Modelo? <laughs> Corona. Yeah, I mean, as far as light beers goes, Corona's pretty good. Yeah, all Dad ever talks about, every time Every time I bring that up, he says the yeah. same exact thing. Yeah, piss. Rat piss and rat turds. And I'm like, Dad. <laughs> he, had, he had the misfortune of driving for, you know, food service companies. And so he sees what goes into the fucking sausage, man. <laughs> yeah. I, how much of that was uh, drug induced or and how much of that was, you know, sleep deprived hallucination? I sure on, I'm sure on some level we're all ingesting a little bit of rat feces on some level. Yeah. And there is some level of contamination that you just have to expect. You know, there's bug parts in your peanut butter. There's uh, bugs crawling. There's microscopic bugs crawling all over your food. You know, there's dust mites in the bed with you. And uh, hell, spiders crawling to your mouth. 
like several times a year. You know, you know what I about dust mites sleeping in the bed. I think they like get cozy and shit. Like they're getting all comfortable in the bed. They're just fucking animals. But think about them like like a little cartoon of a dust mite snuggling up, getting under the covers. I don't know what it is about you, man, but that's something that you've always had a thing about. I don't fucking get it. <laughs> Bugs crawling up next to human skin or burrowing into you or some weird shit. <laughs> so I guess uh, Friday night, last night was homecoming in our in our in our alma mater, our alma mater deer. Why'd you say it that way? Because that was the fucking song that we had to sing. I remember the song, but we don't ever say that. You say some weird shit sometimes. Well, it was homecoming. So next year, I've got to, I guess I got to go down there. I can finally wear my fucking, uh, my jacket. Why would you wear your jacket down there, man? You know how fucking stupid you're going to look? You're going to be the only one wearing it. <laughs> Maybe people be amazed that I still have it. I don't even I don't I don't even remember getting a jacket because I, I well I mean I remember having it I don't remember buying it because I never had any money. They give it to you. All right, so let me think. God, well, wait a minute. Yeah, you, you had to pay for your patches, right? The I didn't get, get patches. I didn't get no patches. Mom took it to a a seamstress and she sewed the shit on there. That's why mine <laughs> looked different than everybody else's. <laughs> The jacket's free. Once you once you let her, you get the jacket for free. I think you didn't get one because you went to school and you went to high school in Arlington. You didn't you didn't finish down there. No, I remember. Didn't you say you had mine? No, I got a shirt. I don't have your fucking jacket. Why the fuck would I have your jacket? I've got I've got gas apartment. I don't know. I've got no. You no. You wouldn't have gotten one because you didn't uh, you didn't graduate down there. Mine's all dirty yeah. though. I got to get it clean. Houston. Yeah, I really. I think. I think they charge you like seventy-five bucks for your Letterman jacket at Sam Houston, because they had like fucking four hundred seniors there. Well, you had that big Taco Bell money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was giving you gas money, rent money, and sending money home to mom. How'd that go? I was broke all the fucking time. <laughs> I was like a human ATM machine. Go earn my money, Aaron. Go earn it. <laughs> like uh, go earn like my money. Go make some money for me. <laughs> money. I want my money. Damn it. <laughs> Jimmy, I gotta talk to you. What's my money? I've added up to here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Goodfellas. Did you know they're making a um a prequel to Sopranos? I uh, did. Yeah, that's called like a Soprano story or some weird shit. Yeah, and they've got the guy James Gandolfini. You know he died. Yeah. His uh, well, his son his well, son's playing. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. I I wasn't sure who that was, so. Yeah, it's about. I, it's been so long since I watched The Sopranos. I don't know. I don't know who the main who the main guy is, but I remember some. But the, the the big thing 
because uh, you know I never watched it. I never watched it all the way. I remember that he was seeing a psychiatrist, yeah. and it was Lane Bracco, and she was kind of hot. Um, you know, she's older, and he's seeing her on the reg, and um, he's doing this and he's doing that, and I, I really didn't keep up with the story. I, I just I just remember it was a big deal that this one episode I watched, one of the people from his gang was in a SUV with like either his wife or his daughter or somebody and she was going down on him and then they had a wreck because she was going down on him. And it's like, how the fuck are you going to explain that to this uh, Don who's going to fucking kill you when he finds out? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, what that show was all about is um, Tony, you know, he's, he's a mob boss in, in that in Newark. He's the top guy, right? And, you know, business has been good for like the last 15, 20 years. Well, his uh, wife's uh, little boy, Chris, is, is uh, you know, he's in the business. And so Tony starts looking to him, his nephew, to, to take over. And so he starts taking him under his wing. Well, Chris... The way Chris is, it just stresses him the fuck out. And he can't ever really figure it out. He can't ever figure out that it's Chris until the very end. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and spoil it for you. You down for spoilers? Oh, you asking me? Yeah. There ain't nobody else on the fucking call. Do you want to hear the spoilers? <laughs> no, don't spoil it. Okay. Are you not, not gonna watch it? Yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> so at the very end, um, Tony's like, you know, trying to get over it, trying to get used to the fact that Chris is gonna run the show. Tony's having his health problems are just getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, they're about to go to war with New York over some stupid bullshit, and there ends up being a crash, and Chris is the one driving. And yeah. and Chris, off, right? No, that was a different one. There's there there a couple crashes. That was a different one, though. But I think it was It was still Chris. I think it was still Chris driving in that one, too. Anyways, um, Tony Soprano, like he, 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 he makes it out. He's uninjured. So he climbs out the car. Chris is fucked up, and he can't get out. And so Tony just goes over there and just pinches his nose. Just go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> and that's it. And then, like, as soon as that happens, like, he just... The next day, he drives out to a mountain. You know, everybody's all sad. You know, Chris has died. He was a young man. All this is tragic. Tony goes to a mountain and just starts screaming because he's so fucking happy. Because he doesn't have to worry about Chris anymore. Because he's fucking gone. So the whole premise is he was stressed the fuck out about this kid taking over. And it's the kid that got shot in the foot in Goodfellas. Spider? Spider, Remember? yeah. Spider. Yeah, yeah I can remember. Yeah, I recognize this. I know his face. I can see his face because I remember that that scene where they're driving and she's going down on him, and he like swerves to miss a car and they flip. Yeah, Tony was pissed at him for that. It's the thing is, he kept fucking up and then he got to be a junkie, and Tony just <laughs> didn't. And he he'd clean up and he would get his shit together, but then he'd fucking do it again. And the other mobsters didn't really respect him because he was so young, and they're all old as fuck. And uh, you know. Probably my favorite scene of that whole fucking series was there was this stripper and this guy, he wasn't Italian, but he was connected and he was making a shit ton of money for the mobsters because he was in construction. So he's making them a shit ton of money. Well, one of the strippers 
um, he was he was paying to come over to his house from the club that they did business in, and she was fucking up, and she was with somebody else, and so it was going to be a problem that he was fucking this chick. So the the bar t- the uh, the owner of the strip club comes over there to get her, and he like grabs her by the ear and fucking pulls her out the house, and she's screaming and shit, and he's just like, "Come on, come on, you fucking whore!" And the character, it's the guy. You remember the guy in the Matrix who's like, you know, fuck, uh, you know, fuck reality. I, I want to live in the Matrix. I want to eat a steak. Remember that guy? Yeah, Cypher. Yeah. So he it, he's the one that's that's seeing the chick. And while that monster's pulling her out of the fucking house by the ear, you know, screaming at her and shit, he's taking a piss, looking out his window, and he's got his hand up on the door, and he's laughing his ass off. He thinks it's funny as shit. <laughs> he's laughing so hard he can't even stand up straight. <laughs> That's the best scene in Sopranos. <laughs> Somebody peeing and watching someone get dragged by the ear. Yeah. He was just fucking laughing hysterically like he couldn't even hold himself up. Um, <laughs> he ended up getting capped, though, because he called Johnny Sack. You made a comment about his wife being fat, and Johnny Sack got pissed about it. Fucking, and he wouldn't let it go. <laughs> and the other mob boss was like, you know, Johnny's making a lot of money for us. You got to let it go. And he's like, he disrespected me. He disrespected me. The implication being that my wife is fat. And they're like, so? <laughs> anyway, they killed him. Um, but then Johnny Sack got cancer and died, so what's the fucking point? Um, no damn point. They just Sopranos, Sopranos is actually a really good show. Um, there's a reason why people love it so much. It was actually really good. Um, it's not it's not perfect. I mean, there's gonna be episodes where it's kind of boring, like Tony's fucking uncle Junior. God, or when his mom comes into town, she's a bitch. Um, the monster stuff is fun. The family shit is stupid as hell, but the, the monster stuff is fun. Yeah. <laughs> just seeing, you know how the gangbangers work and shit that's fun but it's when it's, when it's like you know you got this one scene i'll never fucking forget it man his oldest boy gets depression and so it's like just walking around i want to kill myself i want to kill myself i want to kill myself and so one day he fucking ties a chain around his neck puts a plastic bag over his head and ties the chain up to a rock and walks out to his pool Throws it out into the pool and jumps in. And as soon as he jumps in the water, he's like, oh, shit. And so he tries to save himself. And Tony just happens to be getting home when this is going down. And so he's running out. He's like, oh, my baby. And, like, taking his clothes off and jumps in. Like, that kind of that's the kind of stuff that makes Sopranos like, all right, you know, whatever. But uh, the rest of it's actually pretty good. It's a good show. Sopranos. And so now what you can do is you can watch the prequel. This new one, and then you can watch the series, and you'll have the whole history. What's, okay. what's the name of it? Uh, what's Saints of Newark? This episode of Big Beefing brought to you by Saints of Newark and Yingling. <laughs> I didn't say what the name of this one's going to fucking be. I don't know what the episode's going to be. I, I usually listen to see what the key word was, and that's what I picked. Like the last one you said, we call him the most interesting man in Dipple. I was like, that's the perfect name. But you also talked about that chick being on the fucking rag. And I thought, well, I got to put that in there, too. <laughs> well, it come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is what fucking happens. Um, um, with uh, POCS, it's like, it's much more gross. Yeah. Well, you know, it's shit growing inside your body. Um, 
So what uh what streaming services do you have? Uh Amazon. Oh, okay. You still ain't watched the boys. Yeah, I've watched season one and two. Oh I've already I've told you I've watched season one and two. Yeah, man. Uh uh try I need to see if anybody else is using my HBO Max and I'll give you that code. Because uh there's some, some good shit. Well that that way you can watch the Sopranos and you can get caught up on it. That's not my thing. I think you would like it um, because it's it follows along really good, like Goodfellas and Casino. It's like a natural progression. Some of it, and I wasn't really captured. It's just not my kind of show. Well, what is your kind of show? Not that. Well, what is? Fucking. You know, anyway, even if I try to bring up the stuff that I watch, I watch the same shit. Elijah Wood show where he's fucking seeing shit or whatever. That was kind of funny. Uh, him and that imaginary dog. But after a while, I was like, yeah, it's just kind of the same thing over and over again. It did get really funny when, like, he was hallucinating his dog fucking somebody. <laughs> because afterwards, the dog had a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, I never watched that one. Yeah, and I, I don't remember how that ended. Because I only watched it through. I only watched it from beginning to end one time. And after that, I just stopped caring. Because I think the story just kind of, like, all right, this is how it ends. Elijah Wood is like the only teen star, the childhood star, that didn't have no fucking drama. Uh, no, you got the kids from Harry Potter. They're not famous anymore. Yeah, they are. Daniel what? Radcliffe is all over TV. Nobody he's knows. Still, he's still making shows and movies. So is Emma Stone. Emma Stone was in the Beauty and the Beast remake. Passage. Emma Stone wasn't in the Harry Potter movies. Stone. Emma Watson. Yeah, sorry. Emma Watson. Know, nobody knows who Emma Watson is. They're, they're past the prime, boy. <laughs> it's done. Because you don't know doesn't mean nobody knows. You're not everybody. You don't encapsulate the majority view. <laughs> what do you think about uh, Norm Macdonald dying? Yeah, I um, I I, didn't, I never really watched his stuff. I mean, I've seen a couple of his movies. And I, I told you earlier, the only thing I'm ever going to really like – vividly remember is him and billy madison spraying that kid with the water hose <laughs> he's just sitting there kind of like laughing to <laughs> no i mean he was kind of corny that was kind of his thing he was like so corny it was bad but it was so bad corny you had to laugh but he had this one bit that he said uh he was like yeah you know when that whole that whole 9-11 thing happened and everybody's talking about who it was you know what i thought i thought it was the germans I thought the Germans had some hand in. You know why? Because Germans are always up to no good, and everybody thinks they're so nice now. He's like, think about it. World War One, what happened? The Germans went crazy, and you know, it's not like you think it go down where the Germans go crazy and the rest of the world gets together and kicks their ass. No, they almost fucking won. They almost did it, and so we just told them to be nice and don't do it again. And guess what happened? They did it again. And they almost won again. And that was his bit. It's pretty funny. It's Not fucking really. hilarious. Clearly, no. Norm has a little bit more delivery than what I do. <laughs> yeah. I hope so, because that sucks. <laughs> a lot of his stuff, um, a lot of his stuff is just deadpan where he's, you know, he just I don't know, it's kind of like uh it's like if Stephen Wright was a real person. Like if Stephen Wright wasn't acting and he was just a little bit more 
a little bit more interested in reality. That's, that's kind of what Norm McDonald is. <laughs> interested in reality. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Stephen Wright's not interested in shit. Like, his character, <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck about anything. And What's to do is sleep. <laughs> it's a character, you know. But Norm McDonald, I mean, he was really low-key. And he just liked to laugh at people and laugh at stupid shit, you know. Stephen Wright. God. Oh. He was in Reservoir Dogs and he was uh, that radio show host. That was awful. <laughs> you, <laughs> Stood you, the, the game there and why they put him in it. But God, just listening to him take man, five minutes to tell you about a song he's going to play. <laughs> I watched this dumbass movie with Stephen Wright where he plays a fucking... Uh, He's like this uh, hobo, and he's walking down a fucking railroad, and he's talking about, oh, I'm worried about death. I'm worried about dying. Like, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> I don't want to die. Am I a real person? My kids. I don't have any. Am I meant to be alone? Like, it's fucking it's black and white. I thought Stephen Wright, like, okay, this is going to be great. No. It's fucking garbage. Swing and a miss. Well, and the thing about Stephen Wright, I don't think his material changes all that much. Huh? I think Stephen Wright, I don't think his material changes all that much. I think he's got like 150 jokes and that's all he's got. 150? I don't think he evolves his material. <laughs> um, is there any comedians that really worked for you? Uh, yeah, Louis Black. But, you know, uh, Stephen Wright, you know, he, he had like some niches where they really capitalized on his ability to like perform that niche. But then after that, you know, he just was a dud. But uh, Louis Black, man, just his his intermittent explosiveness. So when he's just, you know, telling the joke and he's not worked up at all and then he goes from zero to 60 and is fucking going off the rail. <laughs> So I got a smallpox injection, and for 50 years, <laughs> they made me believe that I was safe. But that was a fucking lie. <laughs> I'd go out day would be absolutely horrible, <laughs> but at least I'm not getting smallpox. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he's like, you take the pencil, and you shove it up your eye. <laughs> I'm going to perform a magic trick for you. I'm going to get the rabbit. I'm just going to rip the fur off of it. <laughs> Calls it off, you fuckers. Yeah. I'm going to watch that stand up three times. <laughs> I like the one where he uh, he was talking about how he had to perform at a fucking Vince Gill concert. And like, he's <laughs> <laughs> like, book this shit. And, you know, Lewis Black's like an old school Jew. And Vince Gill's wife is this like really hardcore Christian singer. And she goes on for him, and he's like, I almost turned to Christianity. She's so beautiful and sung so great. And now there comes my act. Guess what's going to happen now? Like, <laughs> well, fuck me. <laughs> you know he's going to go off the deep end. <laughs> he does that shit. <laughs> Very toned it down a little bit. Um, yeah, when he did Black on Broadway, uh, I mean, that's that's the only – stand-up i watched him do but i saw it like several times and what was he talking about is uh coming out there and performing for everybody he's never been in front of a crowd this big and that puts a lot of goddamn pressure on me <laughs> yeah he's good well yeah, i don't know if he still has it though i don't know if he's uh if he's used up all the gas in his tank but he was he was yeah, good for 
60 now, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to maintain that forever. Yeah. He's not like, you know, Dave, Dave Chappelle, he's, um, he's never surprising, but he is shocking because he'll get, he'll get nasty. Yeah, you know, well, you know what though? He surprised me with that, that one where the, where the, the George Floyd one that he did, cause he was just pissed. Like it wasn't, it wasn't funny. Like, he was uh, I, guess, I didn't see that. Yeah, he's just up there just ranting. Like, I guess what he did was the eight minutes or whatever that George Floyd, like the time, like how long it took him to die from the time the police interaction began. It like matched his birth date. It matched like the year that his dad, his great granddad, like it had all this history behind it and it was fucking him up. So he didn't, he didn't say anything funny. He just got there and bitched about the whole thing. But, you know, I mean, when you're famous, that makes sense. Um, yeah. But then he had a special right after that it was fucking hilarious. Um, yeah. Dave Chappelle's one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just he his earlier stuff was just comedy, or it was just hit after hit after hit. His earlier stuff was was fabulous. And what I was talking to some of my coworkers about it is that he's he's got these lines that you'll never forget. So like from one of the, his first stand up that I watched, Killing Softly. Uh, I, the the one like I mean that whole thing is funny, but the one thing I take away from that was. I don't care how fucking bad your day was. At least some homeless dude didn't bust a nut in your forehead. <laughs> and my favorite Dave Chappelle one was he was like, do you know how strong a monkey is? It'll rip your dick off. <laughs> Snap your dick off like a celery stalk. <laughs> and like I, when he said that, I got a mental image of a dick being snapped. Crick. <laughs> For me, what I me was just the way he said strong. 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 Like, <laughs> Uh, so I was watching Chappelle's show uh, the other day and <laughs> when we were on that call with all your loud ass kids and we were on the show uh, on the show. They were doing a uh, real Hollywood stories with Charlie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, he's dead too. He was talking about Rick James and he was like, you know, I thought Rick James was just going to come up in the crib and everything was going to be cool. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> weird man Hell of a drug. <laughs> well, i've been watching a lot of uh a lot of seinfeld lately and okay you remember episode, about right josh that has seen every episode yeah yeah so for all the listeners josh is a guy i worked with when i was at a movie theater he's um he's a little bit older than shane got his bachelor's degree in psychology and the dude is it's kind of like dwight Schrute in a way White Shrew only wanted to be manager. He just wanted to be branch manager for his little office space. Well, Josh only wants to be GM for this little movie theater in Waco, Texas. He just he can't get past it. That's that's the only goal in life he wants to achieve. Like he doesn't want kids. He doesn't want his own house. He doesn't want to go on vacation. He doesn't want to travel. He wants to be fucking general manager for the Regal Jewel Stadium 16 in Waco, Texas. That is that is the peak of his aspiration. He's still there. <laughs> yeah. So the way that he's been living, uh, he's like one of the most frugal motherfuckers you've ever met. Um. He was able to survive with the money that he rat holed during the pandemic when all the movie theaters were shut down and he did not have to get another job. He stayed his ass at home. <laughs> did you <know>? No. <laughs> so he got <laughs> after like 
I got promoted to manager before Josh and Josh was there for like three years before me. And then I, I, to give you some perspective here, listeners, I got promoted to management in 2016. Just so you understand how long it's been. So Josh, Josh got after I left and like two other people left, then the decision was made to offer him an associate management role. That is the bottom of the management barrel. <laughs> Basically, you're just a lead shift. You're like just the lead guy making popcorn. Well, you get more interaction than that. They 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 put a lot of responsibility with and then this is five years ago, and it's a different company that owns this place now. But when I was manager there, they wanted you to handle the cash. They wanted you to handle the inventory. They wanted you to handle the equipment that was upstairs, the multi-million dollar projector equipment. They wanted you to build trailers and put those trailers up before the, before the movie plays. We would make those commercials. Like the commercial was already filmed, yeah, but we would cut them and put them together so that they played in sequence. And then we would have to queue up the light timers so that the lights dimmed and got bright at the proper time. We, we did all of that. And they also wanted us to start promoting the brand by like handing out business cards and shit like that. And there was one time where I, excuse me, took advantage of that opportunity. I was with a big group and I was talking to him about my job and he's like, oh, hey, I want to have a party there. And uh, I was thinking about, you know, having like a business meeting and running out of the theater. I was like, yeah, here, take my card. That was the one time out of the year and a half I was there that I took advantage of that opportunity. Anyway, um, so Josh, back to Josh. Josh, uh, you know, after all, some people had left, the decision was made to move him up to an associate management role. And he got moved up, and he, he wasn't nothing special. He did all right. And, uh, then the company gets bought out by another company, and they get a, they do away with all the associate managers. So he immediately went back down to a floor-level employee. <laughs> he didn't even make it here. year. <laughs> Where did his degree at? Uh... I don't know, but it's a bachelor's in psychology, man. <laughs> so Shane, for all you listeners out there, Shane was trying to tell me like he's some sort of secret genius and he's been evaluating everybody, everybody's personality. And he's been like writing up these profiles. <laughs> he's like some sort of secret mastermind. There's no fucking way. <laughs> well, apparently he's just a fucking loser. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that, a, that an employee at a fucking theater would, would be a loser? Who knew? Some form of autism or Asperger's. Yeah, but uh, somebody signed off on his fucking degree. That means he had to take some tests. You just don't get one of those. Yeah, but people with uh, different mental spectrums get degrees all the time. So he's he's an every kid gets a trophy graduate. That's not what I said. <laughs> I like Josh. I'm not talking bad about him. Uh, I'm just saying that. I mean, it seems like he's under applying himself a little bit, if I if I may say, if I may be so bold. He's like, uh, who is it? He's like that landlord on Seinfeld, the old, big nose, scraggly hair guy that's always in a robe every time he answers the door, doesn't do a fucking thing. He's like, <laughs> I remember one night, man, I was getting ready to go home and I locked everything up. And uh, me and Joshua were the last two employees in the building. We talked for 30 minutes trying to convince him is like josh you can't just go from floor employee to general manager <laughs> and he was like he wouldn't let it go he's like i've got to do it this gotta happen i can make it happen if i just apply myself in the right way 
does. Oh, yeah. Not reality, man. This company doesn't operate that way. I mean, the owner, the CEO would have to come down and give you approval for that shit. I mean, he's not going to do that. <laughs> I mean, you got to think, what does the, what does he, what does Josh really know about how the way that fucking thing works? Like, I mean, does he really <laughs> understand? Like, I mean, okay. So we, there's, there was a, let's just say Walmart, you know, cause I, I know people that started at Walmart, the, the base level at Walmart is a cart pusher. That's that's the lowest of the low, the lowest out. Because all you are doing is taking a shopping cart and pushing that bitch into the fucking store. That's all you do. You just push a fucking shopping cart into the store, and your your number one job is to keep the store full of shopping carts. So when the customer walks into the door, there's a fucking cart there. That's all you got to do. Nothing else. You don't have to do one more goddamn thing than that. But there's people that that start at that position. And over time, have worked their way up to running the fucking store. That's happened. I know a couple guys that did that. So you start off, you know, back in those days, you're making five fifty an hour, and by the time you know you worked there for 10, 15 years, now you're bringing home one hundred and fifty k. You know, but that's a little bit different because you're progressing. At a movie theater, I mean, you Walmart's go. From, Walmart's uh, an infinitely bigger company than a lot of these movie companies right. that. At a movie theater, most of your employees are going to be kids or, or moms with a, needing a part-time job. And <laughs> you fucking, the ticket puncher, the popcorn maker, the hot dog fucking cooker, like it's not, you know, <laughs> it's just, it just, there's no, there's no clear leap from, from somebody yeah. shitty and food service to a fucking person who's running a goddamn theater. It's just a little different. That's reason number two why I left is that there's no clear jump up. Once you get into the associate management role, someone else has to leave the role they're in for you to take that. You can't you're not just going to get something else. There's no progression. And the reason number one is when we met with our area manager who had like five or six uh, movie theaters under her direction. Um, I, I said, Hey, me and my coworkers, and I, I told her this to her face, me and my coworkers really feel like we need more money for all the duties that we take on. Cause we take on a lot. We're responsible for millions of dollars of equipment. We're the first ones in, we're the last ones out. We're handling thousands of dollars of cash every day. And we're, we're doing all of these things and you're only giving us like 10 bucks an hour. And she's like, oh, we can't give you anymore. We can't. And I, I just, I couldn't buy that. I mean, we saw how much money we were making a day. And you can't give us an extra dollar an hour? <laughs> so that was reason number one why I left. But for Josh, Josh is just so taxed from reality. <laughs> you know, that is the running joke of that place is him. <laughs> Every person I talk to that's no longer there is like, is Josh still there? <laughs> yeah, he is. He was almost 40 five years ago. He's over 40 now. <laughs> GM thing ain't happening, bro. Um, <laughs> the only way it might happen is if they opened up another theater. But he ain't going to be the GM. Like, they might bring him in as a manager, but they're not going to let him run the fucking place. They're going to bring him in as a shift lead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, realistically, yeah. Yeah, realistically, they'll be like, okay, you know how the other store flows and where all the stuff goes, so do that here and give an extra 50 cents an hour. <laughs> the only way I could ever see him getting the gig is if a position opens, and it's a GM position, 
and he studies for like six weeks on how to do the perfect interview. Maybe then. <laughs> Maybe if he bullshits his way in. That's the only way. But it's not going to be based off the merit of his labors because his fucking labors are shit. He's fucking making popcorn. He interviewed for the associate general manager. Not associate, excuse me. The assistant general manager position. He interviewed for that shit and they failed miserably. He failed miserably. <laughs> or he just go in there and say, yeah, I think I would be good because I'm good. I know no. I popcorn. Fucking cracking jokes the whole time. <laughs> I mean, good for him. He's, he's doing what he loves. He's working at the theater. That's. I mean, if you're doing what you love, it's not really work, right? If that's just what he's just. Some people. Yeah. So some Josh guys, has strong opinions. From what I remember of Josh, he had some very strong opinions, and there was a couple of things about that place that he did not like at all. And one of them was a person. Uh, Walter. Walter was our maintenance guy. He couldn't stand his ass at all because Walter didn't put up with his bullshit. <laughs> Him and Walter were always button heads, and it's like everybody gets on with Walter, dude. You're the only person that has a problem with Walter. Because <laughs> well, he's nerf, he's getting in on his territory. Like Josh is the guy that's there for the end of time, not fucking Walter. There can't be two guys that that's just their thing. It's not gonna fucking work. Like you, you go into a theater and you see the same two fucking guys. No, like it needs to be one guy. You're like, okay, yeah, he's still here. If you see two guys, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Why are these people still here? Like, that's like, um, man, that's like when my house flooded six years ago and I had to go work at Best Buy. How long ago? The first night, it's about it was, uh, 2015. The first night I'm on the job, so it's been it's been it's been a decade since I've worked at Best Buy. Like I worked at Best Buy when I was in college. So I haven't worked there in a decade. And the first night I'm fucking there, the first night this woman walks in. Oh, my God, you've worked here for a long time. She remembered me from the other fucking store. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. Like, no, ma'am, I, I graduated college. I've got a master's degree. I'm fucking, I'm in criminal justice. I'm a supervisor. I run a whole fucking team. She didn't care about any of that shit. All she saw was me standing there at that stupid fucking front door. You give a fuck about any of that. <laughs> All I know is you worked for Best Buy for a long time. <laughs> yeah, ten fucking years, a decade. All those accolades and achievements mean shit now. <laughs> well, you know that's the other thing. Who really cares about accolades and achievements? Like your friend Josh is like the perfect case study. Like. The man went out and did what they tell you to do. You go get this degree. You're going to make all this fucking money. You're going to have so much satisfaction. He goes out and gets a degree in psychology. Clearly, he likes films for whatever fucking reason. And he goes into the movie business the only way he can, which is at a goddamn movie theater. And it just doesn't track. It doesn't It doesn't fit. Like, why? Who sold him on the dream that you're going to talk to people and solve their fucking problems? Like, where did that come in at? What I think is, is that he had a proclivity for certain uh, studies that fall under a bachelor's degree of psychology. So whether it's philosophy or psychology studies or English studies, whatever the disciplines fall under that umbrella, it was easy for him to take those classes. So he just breezed through it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. So you get a job where all your job is to sit around and just bullshit ideas. You go to school for just bullshit idea school. What are you supposed to do when you get out? You know, you, you got to find a job where you're bullshitting ideas somewhere. Um, yeah. Well, and that's that's the that's the bad thing about psychology that they don't really tell you until you get further in the program. 
to actually like, I mean, any, anybody could be a life coach. Like if he wanted to go out and be a life coach, he could go do that now. But to like be an actual like real psychologist, you've got to get board cert, you got to get certification, you got to get a license. You can't just fucking go out and do the shit. So some problem, somebody probably led his ass astray. But <laughs> again, you don't get to be 50 years old working in a movie theater, you know, just because other people, something, something went wrong there. <laughs> like, I, I, like, you know, like I get John, like John's, John's a company man. Like John's going to be Walmart until the fucking business goes over. Like that's under, that's going to be his. Get that. It's he, not like they're giving him everything on a silver platter. Um, but you know what? He's got the job down and they put him in the, the most cushioned position you could have in the whole fucking store um what, you know. what is so like uh he does this it's it's kind of like in the back inventory stuff but it's uh shit with their computers and stuff in the back room you really you just basically don't interact with the customers which that's the biggest fucking problem it's interacting with customers and doing little side shitty product projects so he's pretty much just dealing with shit in the back numbers and data and tracking so it's way better um Logistics, then. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know John had a mind for logistics. Well, well yeah, it's it's in that realm. Yeah, um, but it's like it's like if shit gets damaged, and you got to send it back, or if stuff gets uh, you know, it's just dealing with stuff that's fucked up in the back room. Quality assurance. Okay, no, I didn't. I didn't know yeah. John had that sort of you know inclination. Well, fucking the manager that promoted him offed himself the next week, so John gets this nice cush job, and they say this is just what you're going to do, and then the manager goes out and blows his fucking brains out. And so now they're getting John to go do the old shit again. So he doesn't really have the advocate anymore. But I told John, I was like, John, I've never seen anybody leave that fucking back room. My entire career, I never saw them fuckers leave unless they were leaving for the day. Um, which is, you know, in Walmart world, it's Candyland. Daniel, Daniel's not so much loyal, but it's convenience. It's, it's, it's reliable income. He's Again, he's got the job down pat. I imagine when Daniel walks in, he can get everything knocked out within the first couple of hours. And then the rest of the day is just maintenance, just keeping it under control until I come in tomorrow. Like that's all it is. And so he can he can fuck around, he can goof off of people. He's just got to get that first little chunk of work out the way and then move on. <laughs> but you know the movie theater man, I just don't, you know. But again, if he's happy doing it, then it's not really uh it's not really punished for. Even if he does have disagree, you know, because fucking Walter's there, which is bullshit because. You can't have two guys there. But no, listen, I don't know if Walter's there anymore. Oh. Walter served a very specific capacity. Walter was our manager slash maintenance worker. So he could fill as a manager and do managerial duties. And there was a time where he was doing that. But that is not why he works there. He works there as a part-time hustle to get a good amount of pay to do things around the building that he can do without having to fuck with anybody. He doesn't have to fuck with customers. He's just changing light bulbs. He's cleaning up behind the screens. He's hanging up new curtains. He's hanging up new uh, projector screenings, changing the bulbs on the projectors, putting trailers together for the films. He's doing all the technical shit that nobody else wants to do. <laughs> was the uh, was the suit, was that your idea, or did they tell you to get a suit? No, so at first uh, the dress code was um, a button-up shirt and blazer. And uh, after I quit, they took that away. It just had a button-up shirt and slacks. Yeah. When you, but quit, I thought, you know, I thought if I could, some of the other employees 
wanted to to have a sharp appearance. And I was like, OK, well, let's get some decent clothes and we'll look sharp. You know, the general manager, he's, ma he's making around 50,000 a year. So he's able to afford some snappier clothes than us, of course. But, you know, me and the other the managers here, there's some females and some guys. So it's like, OK, well, let, we'll dress to impress. I mean, we'll spend like two to three hundred bucks for a couple of suits. And, uh, you know, they won't be anything like Gucci or Prada or whatever. But excuse me. Uh, you can at least look better than somebody with a fucking collared shirt and a belt, <laughs> blue jeans. <laughs> when you uh, when did you have to get on to anybody? Did you have to tell anybody they're fucking up? Did you have to get a, a bad review? And this one bitch, uh, dude, she left and came back, and she was mad that I got promoted to manager. And I was like, you fucking left. If you would have stayed here, you probably would have gotten it before me because you've been here longer. And you know this place better than I do. But you quit. You quit and came back. What do you what do you expect? And we, we had a fucking public argument where people were listening to us. And, um, you know, I, I went off on her. But then later on, I was like, OK, that's never going to happen again. But I need you to not talk to me that way either, because I wouldn't have talked to you that way if you hadn't talked to me that way. She um, she was talking to me like I was fucking stupid because I, I, I didn't know how to use some of the console commands on the little uh, computer screen. And she's she was giving me the lip. And I was like, hold up. First of all. <laughs> You know, there are customers standing there and I was like, shit, man, that was a really that set a really bad example in front of those people. But, you know, we, we had to crush that and we never really got along after that because she was she just had a, a, a chip on her shoulder. It's like, look, I get it. You know this place better than me. You you know how things run better than me. But if you didn't stick around, you left, you left to do something. I don't know what you left to do, but you didn't stay here. If you stayed here, you would have gotten the promotion, but you don't have it now. And I'm, I don't want to act like I'm some sort of fucking authority figure here, but you still have to do what I say. <laughs> is she the one that was rubbing up on you in the theater booth? Was she the one nah, that was rubbing up against you? Different lady. That was Patricia. That's Patricia. Her and her husband didn't work out. And she tried to drag me into that drama too, man. Her fucking husband, Victor, they're not together no more, but uh, he was under the impression that they were going to work things out. And he went through her fucking messages and saw the shit that she was sending me and I was sending her. And I was like, I don't need this in my life. What are you telling her? Saying what's up? Uh, no, I told her that, uh, you know, if you're going to flirt with me like this, we need to see where this is going to go. And <laughs> I, uh, well, that's I mean, your exact words? We need to see where this is going to go? Well, no, I, I didn't say that. You but, said uh, I want to see the snatch. Show me it. I didn't, I didn't say that either. Uh, <laughs> Somewhere in the middle between that. Somewhere between we're going to see where this is going to go and I want to see your fucking roast beef. There's no, not even close to that. And she I'm probably gonna... just she's got like four kids. Arby's milk, then that's an Arby's milk. But but anyway, no, I, I had said some some shit that, that uh you know I wanted to fool around and you know she just she was like entertaining the idea, but she wasn't ready because I guess she still had fucking feelings for the her baby's daddy. So and I, I mean I don't blame you for that, but don't entangle me in your drama shit or whatever's going on in your romantic life and have your fucking ex come around me asking me to fucking fight me and shit. Like let me see you motherfucker talking to my girl that way. It's like hold up. She didn't tell me she was seeing anybody anymore. Anyway. Are you was, about to get, were you about to get putting her? She kept touching me and shit. She kept putting her arm around me. She would sit in my lap. She would like rub my shoulders and shit. She would ask me to rub her shoulders. And I'm like, you know, this at, at first I was like, oh, we're just cool. But then when she sat in my lap that one day and I knew she didn't have on any panties, I was like, uh <laughs> Did you slide in? Did you slide it in? No, no, but I put my hand around her hips and I was like, yeah, this, 
This feels good. You, you did a little push, a little gentle, a little gentle rock. I didn't do that. There were people in there. There were people in there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that. But, you know, after, after shit like that, I was like, okay, this, this needs to be game on. And then next thing I know, her ex is fucking coming around. She's talking about fighting me and shit. And I'm like, I, I need this job. <laughs> this game is game over. Game over. Yeah, he was he was ready to piece me up. He came he came asking about me. Like when I wasn't there, he showed up looking for me. I was like, uh uh, nope. How many times in the last six months have you hit up Patricia? Uh not at all. We're you friends on you're not one fucking time. We're we're friends on Snapchat and that's it. I mean not how many Snapchats you send her. None. Zero. Dick pics? Nope. You ain't talked to her at all? Nope. I haven't talked to Patricia in years. The last time I saw her was the last time I went to that movie theater, which was like 2019, probably before then, 2018 maybe. It was before the pandemic. Yeah, it's before the pandemic. Now there was this other Hispanic girl, Denise. Uh, dude, I was sprung on her, but she could, she wasn't ready to give up her boyfriend, and now they're having a baby, so that didn't go anywhere. Are there other Hispanic chicks that you're bringing for? What's up? Are you looking at other Hispanic chicks right now, or no? No, just just that, that one female, uh, Denise. I hit on her a couple of times. I even asked her out to dinner with me one time, and she was like, "No." So after the, after I asked her that, I was like, "Okay, no more." Well, what's Jamie think about all this shit? Huh? What's your What's your girlfriend think about all this shit? Well, this was before she stepped in the picture. Oh, is she still around, Jamie? She's still there. No, she's down in Corpus Christi. I, I know just, physically she ain't fucking there. I mean, is she like still in the picture? Oh, am I still seeing her? Yeah. Oh. Good. So, uh, things been getting crazy at work? Yeah. Yeah, we had a patient die. Where are they uh, dying from? So, he came in. He was uh, positive for COVID with pneumonia. He had a history of collapsed lung. He was in his 50s. And he came in because he was having trouble breathing and he had a cough that was coughing up blood. And uh, we had him stabilized at first, but then he started to crash. And when he crashed and we had to call a code, it was just a fucking catastrophe. It was cluster fucked, man. It was bad after bad after bad decision. Just bad decisions left and right. And um, I mean, there are several things that went wrong, but the, the big key items were uh, we put a crash cart in a room with a patient that had COVID. And so we treat rooms with patients that have COVID, like everything in that room is potentially carrying the COVID virus, whether it's a doorknob, whether it's uh, the machine that takes the vitals on the patient, whatever. So if you put that crash cart in there with that patient, now that crash cart is contaminated. So we shouldn't have done that. That's one. Two, it was taking up too much space. So with the crash cart in there and all the people that were in there, hardly anybody could move around. And three, um, you know, things weren't done in the proper sequence. So we should have called the code immediately. Should have called the code immediately. But the code button in his room where you press the code blue, excuse me, code blue button in his room didn't work. So someone had to run over to the next room after the fact and press it. And this is by the time we're putting CPR on this guy's chest is when somebody thought, you know what, I'm going to go to the next room and press the code blue button. 
that should have happened a long time before then. Um, but he, he technically died. His heart stopped. And so we put CPR on him and we put the, the shock pads on him and we, we got his heart beating again. But, uh, you know, he, he died there and we brought him back and we got him breathing. We got his oxygen levels back up, but uh, he stayed and his oxygen level stayed in the 70s for way too long. And he ended up dying the next day. About 24 hours after uh, we finished with him, he died. Well, that shit happens. Yeah, we we definitely killed him. Well, you got to do better next time. <laughs> yeah, we, the, the thing about it is, is that this manager is really big about protecting his nurses. And this is the one time where he's accountable and so does the doctor. And I'm, I'm just not seeing any real accountability except at the lower level with like the NAs and everybody else, uh, like the housekeeping team and all that. And it, that that's really hard for me to handle. It's like these people are making mistakes um, and you're not you're not holding their feet to the fire. You're not doing anything about it. Like there's a guy at this VA. He's not a veteran, but he he works at this VA. He's a nurse. And he, he pulls double duty. He works here and he works Scott and White, which is another hospital here. He will take leave without pay. He will not get paid for his shift because he wants to call in for four hours. And he uses up all his leave, his annual leave, his sick leave, whatever else leave he's got. He uses it all up. He just takes a cut in his paycheck, but he still has a job. I can't think of anywhere else where you can just call in. And be like, yeah, I can't come in. It's like, well, you don't have any leave, so we can't pay you. All right, that's fine. No, we'd fire him. Exactly. And stuff like that just keeps happening. You know, I mean, this this guy has a reputation with every nurse. This isn't something specific to me and what I've observed with this guy. Everybody feels this way. I mean, the joke about him is every time he brings up work and it's like, what, you work? What do you know about work? Or he, he was like, uh, he said something to me one day. He's like, yeah, you didn't work an eight-hour shift with me today. And I said, you didn't work an eight-hour shift today. <laughs> you called in for the first four hours. So. <laughs> uh, he's just somebody who doesn't mind fucking calling in. That's all. No, he does. But, but the thing is, is he still has a job there. He still works there. He's been there for years. I mean, like two or three years, not 10 or 15. And I mean, it's, it's just this place. The, it's it's not the patients. It's not the work. It's my coworkers. I have never had coworkers treat people the way these people. It's like it's just, I want to say it's as bad as the restaurant industry. Talking shit about the customers that come in, sitting at tables. You know, there's this ratchet ass bitch that don't, don't want to tip or whatever the fuck. You know, I mean these these are people that are close to my heart. These are veterans. These are people that you know. When I hear them talking shit, it's it's really hard for me to hear. Um, this one lady. She's a nurse. She was like, I don't understand why all these veterans are falling apart and talking about, you know, how depressed they are. I've literally had people die in my arms. I, I just I, I had to leave. I had to walk away from her. I was like, I, I'm not about to break down this down for you. You wouldn't get it if I did. And so opinions like that just get under my skin. It's like if you feel that way, just keep that kind of shit to yourself. So you, you can ventilate all that outside of work. You don't need to say that around us, around people like me or Warren or Manny or hell, even Lisa. Where'd you walk away to? I just went back to work. I was in the break room and I stepped out. I was like, fuck. 
On so you walked a few steps away? No, I, I went to a patient room and I went took care of something for a patient. Oh. I was just trying to figure out how dramatic it was. If you, It's not very dramatic if you just went around yeah, the corner. I just slipped out the door. I just slipped out the door. And then and a fucking uh, a week ago, there were these two ladies that were talking about the abortion bill that passed in Texas, and they were going back and forth. One of our girls is, uh, is from New Hampshire, and she was talking about that and how she feels about it. Well, then this other nurse who is a southerner was talking about how she feels, and their, their views are completely opposite. And I was like, I'm, I'm just stepping away from this shit. I'm not getting involved. <laughs> you didn't want to weigh in on the baby murder? This is, I can't. I mean, I've got my opinions, but how can I sit there and try to tell a woman and try to convince her what I feel about her body? I can't convince her of that. It's her opinion, you know? So I just keep that shit to myself. I mean, I'm going to vote one way, and that's the way I'm going to vote. That's it. That's all I'm going to do. All right. Well, that's all we're going to do because we've reached the end of the podcast. <laughs> Fucking Steve Wright, Louis Black. If they made this shit, if somebody made it all the way to the end of this, goddamn. Ain't nobody else. Nobody's going to watch this. This don't matter. None of this matters. <laughs> no. In about 30 years from now, somebody will go looking through this shit and realize it's gold. It's solid gold. We'll be old as fuck. And then we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the time I shit my pants. We'll talk about the time that you, uh, your car fucked up. We'll talk about John, uh, not tipping. We'll talk about Daniel getting high and thinking he heard cats on the roof. We'll hear about all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so what, how bad is dad's car now that he pulled that fucking trailer? Car's fine. Um, the trailer, there, there's two jacks that you use to level it out once you get it set up. You make sure everything's level. Yep. And uh, one of them. Oh, that works. One of them came clean off. He knocked it all the way off of it. And the other one got bent the fuck up. It didn't come off, but it got bent. He gets ready to set that bitch down. It's going to have to stay stuck to his trailer because he won't have the jacks to set it down on. Yeah, he's going to get, I mean, he's going to get some more jacks. I mean, you can get them. You can buy them aftermarket. And then uh, the thing is, though, wherever he goes, it's going to be better if if I just, you know, my truck just pulls it. If I just, we just use my truck. You really should have something stronger than an F-150. You should have a 250 pulling it. Yeah. You need something strong. Yeah. You know? Well, mine's, mine's SUV ain't, ain't cutting it. We we pulled mine for uh from from uh Corsicana up here and it did fine. So that be that. Well, so what's his interior like? Does he have like a a shower and toilet in one room, or is no, it? It's, so it's uh, you walk in. It's probably uh, it's about. You know, it's, I think it's 24 by 8, and um, so he's got three beds. So when you walk it, when you first walk up the steps to the right, it's a big bed. But you can do stuff to that bed. You could you can fold it up, make it a table or something. Then to the left is like a dining room area, and then um, and there's a kitchen onto the right side. And then back in the corner is another bed, and then up above that's a bunk bed. And then you got your cabinets all around the top, and then the bathroom and shower in the back, in the back of the trailer. <laughs> so we just got to figure out where he's going, get his TV hooked up. He's good to go. He might, he, might, he might have to park it over at your place for a little bit and save up some money, because we had the loan. We had the loaning money to this trailer. 
going anywhere good. I don't see this going anywhere good. <laughs> it's going to be fucking trash. He's going to have fucking trash all over the floor. His clothes are going to smell like shit. It's just, you're going to step in there. It's going to smell like old man sweat and piss. <laughs> well, right now it smells like it's brand new. It's, it's in really good shape. Yeah, because it's because it is brand new. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever. Man. What, what lot did he find? Did you say he found an RV park? Well, no, I found one that's within what he can afford. Um, it's just a matter of him calling and getting it set up and then uh, parking it down there. So what's the, what's the there? Huh? What's the roadblock on that plan? Um, well, I mean, he ain't got no money. He's out. He spent all his money on this. And we loaned him. We had to loan him for half of it. So he's got to pay us back, too. Um, so his next, he doesn't get paid again until mid-October. Um, and... Okay, he gets paid in October. That's great. Let's say he gets paid in October, then he pays us our cut for the trailer. All right. Now he's got to pay the lot fee for the month plus whatever the electricity is. And then now he's got to have money for food and gas if he wants to go anywhere. You know, I mean, he ain't he ain't gonna. That's gonna take him to the end of the year. To, so to be able they'd be more wise because it's going to take him at least four months to pay us back for the trailer. So it may be more wise for him to just park at somebody's house for a little bit, save up the money, and then go put the trailer down at a park and, and set where he's going to be. So he can he can come and stay with me, but he can't bring that fucking thing down here. There ain't no yeah. room for it in the, the place that I'm I'm looking at going to. There's there's no room on the road that the house is on for that thing to go and it yeah. won't fit in the garage yeah well you know right now it's parked in front of Ruth's house which is okay but you know it's not ideal you don't want kids fucking around with it or something so you know as soon as we can get it get it to where he's gonna go the better <laughs> get the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> relations between him and Sarah at an all-time low, fucking all-time low. Like it's not going well. Like when he first, when it was going to be that he was coming out, you know, I was thinking, yeah, shit's not going to work because I've had. There's been a, you know, Brittany came to stay with me and Sarah in the beginning. And that lasted about. That lasted about four weeks. Brittany was like, fuck this. I'm going back home. Um, and then Sarah's mom stayed with us for about two weeks one time. And then she's like, fuck this. I went out. And then uh, Sarah's father, he stayed with us. And that lasted about like a week. And and Sarah just, and he wasn't going to leave. He was just going to stay. But Sarah's like, no, you got to go. So he left and then died. Um, Denominator of this equation <laughs> yeah. so i'm sitting there thinking you know there's no way in fuck this is gonna work so I, i'm just not i'm not even gonna bother and then sarah was like well you know with the baby and your dad's probably gonna be getting out soon maybe you know got some honeydew stuff around the house he's pretty handy maybe we can get you know make this a mutual thing and i was like well yeah i mean that would be nice if we did it 
And she was like, yeah, no, 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 it'll be good. And then, you know, it's just been... It's just one thing after another, man. And, uh, you know, it's time. And, and and the deal was six months, and we're at six months. So... What's faulting you for that, man? You stick to your word, and then you've got to do that with people in this situation. You got to say, "This is what we agreed on." And it's time to move. Forward. You knew this when you came here, right. and you know people are going to raise objections. Where is he going to go? What's he going to do? I can't do that. I can't. I can't yeah. worry about that. I made yeah. a promise. I held up my end of the deal. The yeah. rest of it is up to him. <laughs> I mean, look at this one. We got the man. You know, he got, he's got his driver's license. He's got a car. I mean, Barbara did the car, but we got him the license. We got his health care. We got his income. So we got we helped him get the trailer. I mean, that's that's all you can do. I mean, you know, <laughs> time to go. What else do you expect, man? You want me to fucking let him live here forever? <laughs> it's like people are people. It's never good enough, man. That's something I learned about telling people my business. It's never good enough. It's never good enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like mom. Mom made this shitty comment the other day where I was like, uh, you know, I. You know, he, you know, after this point, he's not going to be able to stay here because he's staying rent free. You can't just stay somewhere rent free. And she was like, well, you stayed with him for these years for rent free. And I was like, yeah. And I've been paying his bills for the last seven years, too, because of taxes. So there's that. <laughs> so let's, let's go back and redo our math. Let's um, go back even further about the time he lived in that apartment with us and slept on the couch. <laughs> I was thinking about the day how much he he would just sleep all the time. He's still sleeping. Um, <laughs> so uh, no, man, I think it's great. It's a uh, it's a good deal. Trailer's nice. Um, yeah, it's just right now. It's just a matter of finding the right place to to park down and uh, and set up shop. Uh, Brittany, for some reason, said he tried calling some people at like seven thirty in the morning. On a Saturday or something like that, I was like, "Man, ain't nobody gonna fucking answer." <laughs> well, so what he's trying to do, and this is, I was, I knew something was wrong because he kept calling me throughout the night, like, "Hey, can you come down here and get this?" And I was like, "Okay, tell me what's going on." And he'd be like, "Oh, never mind." And I'm like, "All right, I can't, I can't help you unless you tell me exactly what you need me to do. Do you need me to come get you?" And then finally this morning, he was like, "I'm just worried about the trailer." And I'm like, "Okay, what's it doing?" Well, I lost one of the jacks; it fell off. Okay, then we probably need to come get it. Like, <laughs> how hard is it to say that? <laughs> oh. What he was wanting to do was he's wanting to park it, you know, at somebody's house down there in the can, and then uh, and then go deal with it. But um, you know, he couldn't get a hold of nobody. Nobody was really big on having it in front of their. I don't know why. It's the fucking can. Who cares if your fucking trailer's out there? I don't know why Brittany wouldn't have been okay with it just staying there. Josh, Josh didn't even want Dad coming in the house. <laughs> That's Josh, what Josh didn't want I don't want him in here because of his trailerness. <laughs> because uh, he, uh, I didn't tell you this. Uh, but Josh said uh, he's been keeping up with Dad's Facebook page. And he's like, I don't think he's mentally stable. I don't want him around the kids. No shit. Like I told my, so he sent me a fucking text, man. Oh, <laughs> this shit. Yeah, he's been sending me stuff too. 
So he sends me this shit. He says, I saw a copy of the Supreme Court's ruling that if a person is injected with an MHD vaccine, that they are no longer, in their opinion, a human, but a subhuman that has no rights under our Constitution whatsoever. Let that sink in for a minute. And that's all <laughs> my response, trying to be fucking diplomatic as possible. I ain't read that case, man, but that seems a little far-fetched. There is precedent for them treating people as less than human, though. The Dred Scott case in 1857 ruled that a black dude couldn't be a U.S. citizen because he was property. But a lot's happened since then. I don't think it did any fucking good. So I told my friends, I was like, I was like, three decades, three decades of meth abuse, nothing. Six months on the fucking internet, and he's cooked. Like he's fucking fried. <laughs> like, god damn. <laughs> like, how the fuck does that happen? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. But, you know, a lot of it's playful. He's just, you know, he's just playing around. He's just trying to get a buzz. I, I've seen him interact with other, you know, other men before. And he just, he was, you know, just get a little buzz on, you know, just to, just to, Shake things up a little bit, you know, bust your chops, say something crazy, you know, just to say something. Don't really mean. He's got a brother mentality, trying to push a button here and there. Yeah, he's just fucking around. But, uh, shit about, uh, some guys from one of the SEAL teams that was, uh, responding to the Marcus Luttrell, uh, scenario where his team, all, everybody died but him, and they put a bunch of SEALs on a Chinook some SEALs and some Green Berets, and then they all got shot down. And he sent me a clip where one of them supposedly survived. And I was like, I don't believe that shit for a second. <laughs> no fucking way do I believe that shit. <laughs> Those no. dudes died. I mean, do conspiracies happen? Of course they do. That's why they're fucking called conspiracies. But the shit with the whole... Uh, it's just gotten way the fuck out of here. The wrong people have gotten on the goddamn internet. It's like that old... Uh, What's that? Uh, what's that guy? Oh shit! What's his name? Who's that guy that? Uh, God damn it! Uh, killed all that one, George. Uh, oh, let's see who it is. Mister Black. Latest T. Judd. No, somebody fucking else did this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's like that old song, the first redneck on the internet. Um, you know, well, like, it just was never the same after that people got on the fucking internet. So it just, it was cool. It was cool when a few of us were on the internet, right? When just a few of us were doing it, and you, you had to have a fucking, you had to have a damn computer, and it took forever to boot up. Nobody had the patience for that shit. So. That was cool. Only the people that had patience would get on there and do their stupid little MySpace fucking pages and all that bullshit. But now... Music and videos. And that's all you did. You downloaded a game illegally or a movie illegally. But for the most part, you found some sort of video service, streamed a video to your computer of like Dragon Ball Z or Mortal Kombat or some other bullshit. Or you you got on LimeWire and you streamed some some songs to your computer and gave your computer a fucking virus. Those were the golden days. But now everybody wants everybody wants to get on there and make it seem like they're a fucking genius, like they found the elixir, like they found the fucking magic surprise. The, it's the most sense shit in the world. How do you not know this? <laughs> it's fucking dumb, man. It's like people are fucking dumb, and um, you know, I, you lost 
We're taking the number one superpower spot. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know, man. That, I like, I get on there, I get on Facebook to like talk about, you know, share pictures of my kids, see what people are up to, and for collecting, for action figures, superheroes, movies, comics, for information. And and there were there were a few posts back in the day, and it's been years. But every now and then, I would wade into the political realm, and it was always a fucking pain in the ass. And nobody's fucking mind got changed. Like, nobody all of a sudden would be like, you know what, Shane's right. Middle of the road's probably the best way to be. No, fuck it. I'm blue or I'm red. Kiss my fucking ass. And if you if you ain't with me, you're the fucking devil. You know? <laughs> I hate you. You're going to burn. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to burn. And, and, and another part of it is, for me and you, when we were kids, man, we didn't take the internet that seriously. Like, I was always fucking around on the internet. Like, I never... I never really believed what I fucking read on there. Like, I, like there's one thing if it's like a site where you're trying to get information. But if it's somebody in a chat room or a fucking whatever, I always knew it was bullshit. I didn't think that was who that person really is. But now... What about the sighting that they had? Yeah, yeah. man, aliens are real. <laughs> well, now all the fuckers are on Facebook making these long article posts and people are seeing the headlines and they're like, you know, look at this shit. And... It's just kind of it's gotten to be a little bit of a step backwards in some regards. Um, and somebody's got to go in and clean this shit up. Like you're going to have to get. That's probably what's going to create Skynet. There's probably going to be a robot that they say, "Hey man, can you can you fix this?" And it's going to cause World War Three because some fucking robot. Exactly all the information you need to know, and everything else will just be deleted. <laughs> the next thing you know, we'll fucking get plugged into a machine like the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. It's inevitable, I guess. I mean, if it if it tastes real and it feels real, I guess it is real. So fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares if I got a tube going down my throat, pumping food in my gut? <laughs> the only thing, the only thing about the Matrix, and I know I know there's some truth to it. I don't know the extent, but the thing about the Matrix was the machines had when they first created it, they gave us paradise, and they said that our bodies rejected it. Now there is truth to that. If you don't, if you don't suffer, like if you if you grow like um, NASA had, had this science project where they were trying to get a biodome up, uh, get ready, get it ready for Mars. So they grew a tree in a biodome. Well, the fucking tree fell over. Yeah, yeah, the fucking biodome movie with Polly Shore. That's a fucking classic. And the retarded ass Baldwin brother. I don't even know his name. That's a. <laughs> Steven yeah. <laughs> yeah, Steven. Fuck up. Like, nobody knows who he is. Um, anyways, no, they had this body. There was this tree, and the tree fell over, and they were trying to figure out why. It's because it had never been hit with the wind. So the tree had to be punished in order to grow strong. Like, you, you, it gets hit with the wind, the roots get a little bit, uh, a little bit thicker. So it makes sense from that standpoint, if everybody's plugged into Happy Land, that the bodies would... Uh, would have some physical consequences there, but I don't know. Seems like you could just made it a little bit nicer. Like you don't have to make it paradise, but just make it a little okay instead of just making it 1998 for everybody and nothing's different, except for the fucking black cats walking across the screen twice and the ripples. The ripples in the matrix. Every big explosion happened. There's always ripples. Like, couldn't people see that shit? Like, oh, hey, there's ripples. There's ripples here. Where's causing these fucking ripples? In the Matrix. You know what I'm talking about, Aaron? 
The fucking Matrix? <laughs> God damn it. I'll stop listening, man. <laughs> you know they're making another one, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to sign off. My boy. Feel Bye. better.